Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast with me, James Dixon. Wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you tune into today's podcast from on what I'm delighted to say is a gloriously warm and sunny UK summer day. Um, hello to all our international uh, viewers and people who tune into this podcast regularly. And some of you may just fall off your seats while you're listening to this to know that it is gloriously sunny and blue skies in the UK, contrary to what you might think the weather is usually like over here. Um, welcome along to today's episode. Um, and it's a topic that we're going to continue with. It has been the, the subject of many of our podcasts over the last few months. Um, and uh, for good reason, it's one that we want to continue pushing and inviting guests on with a, a, an area of expertise in this particular sector. The, 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 the subject is sustainability. Um, and we're going to be talking today to somebody who is responsible for the UK's leading sustainability and net zero event for businesses, investors and innovators. It takes place in just a couple of weeks from when we're recording this podcast today on the 27th and the 28th of June at Excel in London. I'm de delighted to say that from Reset Connect, joining the podcast today is Duncan Reed. Duncan, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, James. Hello. Thanks for having me on today. Thanks for inviting me into your lounge on your right. A very, very hot, sunny day in London. Um, uh, you know, it, it's absolutely racing outside and we're kind of sat in a sweltering office trying to, yeah. trying to put the final stages to an event. Absolutely. And in some respects, the fact that it's a sweltering day today is, is apropos, you know, what we're talking about and, and the subject matter um, of your event. As I said in the introduction there, we are very much at the coalface of things as far as you are uh, uh, concerned as an organiser at the moment. We're two weeks out from the event, um, less time than that, in, as people will know, from going on site and starting the event build and, uh, and, and all of that ne uh, necessary stuff. Um, let's have a little rewind first of all um, and give us some context and some history to the event before we talk about what's happening this year, where the numbers are, et cetera, et cetera. As I said, Reset Connect is the leading sustainability and net zero event for businesses, for investors, for, for innovators, for anybody who wants maybe to, to, to move their business towards that sort of focus. Tell us about how it started. Um, I've been working um, before I set up Reset. I, I was obviously at Clarion for um, about 10 years and I was looking after the energy portfolio um, at that event. Um, so, uh, you know, at, at that company. And one of the things you could see on, on, on all the energy uh, events that were taking place was, you know, just the kind of transition piece. I mean, you said there about the coalface. I don't know if anymore we are at the coalface, don't we? At the, the, wind yeah. the edge of the wind turbines or whatever, the, uh, wherever you are with renewables. And that, you could just see that transition was happening in the energy space. Um, obviously, the pandemic came uh, and, you know, I sort of was having a look at um, what other events, you know, if, if I, Phil Thor always used to say that, you know, the, the best time to launch a company or an events business was coming out of a recession. Yeah. And I think if you look at the big organisers, you know, all of them were all, I mean, they, they've only now really just started stopping doing this kind of compared with 2019 um you know uh, sort of uh, you know look back and i i just thought it'd be a really good opportunity to go and you know to la launch an event and having you know worked in this in the energy transition space it was clear that the you know the event that you know i thought could be a big success and also you know make a sort of meaningful impact was actually something uh, in the sustainability or you know net zero space um and i think we you know we kind of there were sort of in the middle of the pandemic, there were obviously quite a got, lot of really good event people out there who didn't have jobs for, you know, no fault of their own. Um, so we were able to kind of put together quite a good team of co-founders. Um, and we, you know, researched the market, sort of did those classic launches. 
Um, yeah, and we're kind of here now. We've got our sort of third, the first event we did with about six weeks notice. It was a, it was a, you wow. know, a week of webinars. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was fairly, you know, easier to kind of do. And then last year, the first in-person event had nearly 3,000 people. And this year we're looking all right. We're here, as you said, two weeks out. Um, and yeah, pre reg we've got more people registered than, you know, came uh, to the last event. Uh, and more people have, been, have registered for the last event. Mm-hmm. And most organisers at the moment are seeing about, you know, half to 60% of their registrations in the last two weeks and sometimes 25% in the last 48 hours. And if we, you know, if we go to those numbers, we're going to be in quite a good place, which is obviously what you want for a growing event yeah. in an important space. Yeah, absolutely it is. And and something else that, that that's probably important to, to, to highlight when we talk about the history and the, and the, the sort of the genesis of the event and, and talking about how, you know, launching events and launching businesses in or after recessions or after significant downturns is, is often the best time to do it. We were also presented specifically relating to what Reset Connect represents with a scenario during lockdown where because of this sudden shift in life or, you know, overnight, we, we saw very, very quickly the positive effects of what happens when there is no uh, air travel, when there are minimal cars on the road. You know, we, we had that scenario, didn't we, in the in the early uh, months of the pandemic where we suddenly had clear skies, cleaner air, you know. And whilst it was um, an extreme circumstance to happen, it did show what an impact we can make if collectively people are all sort of on the same page. Yeah. And I think the the challenge that you know we as a species have is that you know the planet's going to be here in a billion years, but you know how long do we want to stay here living on it? And you know I think you're right. We only really sort of respond to things when you're literally at the you know eleventh hour up against it. When you know that the vaccines that they that they uh, kind of finalised to to give us what we needed, you know they'd they'd had this technology for for you know decades. Well, yeah. years and years and years, if not decades and decades. Yeah. And actually what there wasn't really was there wasn't a desire from, you know, enough people to want to progress it. And the other bit that was quite important was there wasn't the money. You know, the Oxford mRNA uh, guys, uh, I can't remember what the, the vaccine was called now, yeah. but they'd, ha- they'd had that for a while. And what they didn't have is, is money. They didn't have enough capital to kind of get that, um, you know, bring the vaccine to, to trials and successfully test it at scale and then, and then roll it out. And what the what happened with the pandemic is we got that, you know, concentration of minds. It was like, right, okay, let's just every country threw money at it. Absolutely. And I kind of think we are there now with net zero, you know, and we're we're there with sustainability. I mean, it's 0.9 degrees above um, uh, above kind of pre-industrial levels at the moment, and they're saying that by 2027 it's going to be 1.5. So, you know, this number that we wanted to get to by, you know, 2050, we're about to pass it now in 2027. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it is warm, and it's like I mean, thirty is a nice summer's day, but I don't know but if you you know if you look at the kind of global map of where it's hot and where it's not hot, um, you know, it's just it's it's going to get hotter and hotter and hotter. Yeah, you know, if you if you if you own a house in the UK and you own it in you know if you you can go and look at the Met's predictions to like whether you're going to be flooded or not by twenty thirty or twenty fifty, and it's like there's a lot of you know there's a lot of kind of you know, a lot of places are going to be underwater. But I do think that, you know, in the same way we responded to the pandemic, I think there's going to be some solutions out there that, that are going to help us fix a lot of this stuff. And that's really what the event's about. It's about trying to pull together those, you know, the, the technology guys and and like the big brands, you know, we've got speakers from kind of, you know, shoot, you know, 
Nestle's, Ikea, Google, all these kind of super brands who've got, you know, huge complex supply chains um, who are going, trying to work out how to decarbonize them all. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and that, that's basically every job, you know, I and mean, I think the events industry often worries that um, sustainability is like, you know, this thing that potentially is going to, you know, is going to hurt us. But it's every sector. You know, if, you, if you're in food manufacturing or if you're in fashion or whatever it is, you need to try and work out the solutions. And it's really complex. You know, if you look at electric vehicles, there are about a third of the emissions um, come from an electric vehicle than it does from a petrol vehicle. But you've still got to get the nickel and cobalt out of the ground. And, you know, it's still very, very complex. Yeah. And the event's really bringing, bringing all these different C-suite leaders together to try and work out, you know, number one, what does the future look like? And number two, same with the pandemic, where do we get the money from to yeah. fix these things that we need to fix? Yeah, that, absolutely. And, and and one thing, I suppose one, one of the, the, the really obvious things I wanted to ask on today's podcast when I knew that you were coming on was was the, about the transition from the first event being being online and webinar based, understandably because of, of, of the time at which it was launched um, and then making what must have been a, a very clear decision that, you know, the following year you were going to take it into a real, real life in-person scenario. And that there are a lot of challenges facing events across the board now, in-person events in how they, they deliver on sustainability and how they address the issue of sustainability, whether it be transport, you know, the, the, the amount of equipment that's coming in to, to, to set things up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how much pressure have you felt? given the very nature of the event you're organizing in terms of producing it from a technical standpoint in the best way possible. Um, has that sort of caused you the most headaches? Um, I probably, if we were, if this was an established event and when I was, you know, trying to make it more sustainable, I think it would have been a lot harder, you mm -hmm. know, because you're basically starting with a blank piece of paper, you can go and choose the suppliers who, you know, who know where, you know, where everything in their supply chain comes from. You know, you can work with an AV company who understands what they need to do. I mean, and then we use what, uh, Immersive for our AV and we use yeah. Whitespace for kind of like a main contractor. And those guys, we're just able to start with, you know, you know, they already have sustainability at their core. If, you know, you, you speak to the team, speak to either team, you know, that's kind of, they'd always been big things. I mean, mm. Whitespace is a modular stand build company. That's their background. They've, they've been doing kind of modular stand builds for, you know, for as long as I've, I've been doing this, which is a long, a long old time. Yeah. So actually, you know, they're, they're kind of best positioned. And obviously with the pandemic and one of our sort of major uh, tier one contractors disappearing, white space of, you know, you just an opportunity to come in. And I mean, the, the show last year was amazing. You know, it was really, really good. And it just helps having, you know, there's just little things like when you, we, we build everything, we get one contractor to build everything. So, you know, all the space builds, all the stand builds, all the you know pop-ups, all the features, everything's for like one contractor, which really does right. limit the amount of the amount of lorries and trucks going to Excel. And I mean, sure. Excel again, we chose a venue that's you know UK's first carbon neutral venue, and you know you work you, if you're starting scratch from scratch, you can you can find a venue and you can choose supplies that, that are that. <clears throat> you can also just little things like the carpet. You know, you can start at the beginning without there being carpet. We still get some people say, oh, you know, is the show finished? It's like, yeah, it's finished. We're not doing carpet, you know, the carpet's actually, yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah. great, great load of weights you don't really need. So, I think yeah. from that from that point of view, we have it maybe easier than you know, some people who've got a you know, five or 10 or 20 year old event that they're trying to transition. But again, you know, you look at the work that the AEO have done, you look at the work that ESSA have done, you know, you look at kind of Luke Iwanuka and 
what Oxness are doing about kind of pushing sustainability. And, you know, from when I started two years ago, if I went, you know, you went to the AEO forum and you went to the Ops bit and, you know, there was a little bit about sustainability. The one that they did this year, I mean, it was, it was all everyone was speaking about. And everyone across all the companies now have got a proper, you know, a roadmap. And they're, you know, they're all at different stages. Informer, you know, at the most advanced stage, but everyone, everyone's, you know, they're working on it and everyone's sharing. And I think the good thing that happened, you know, the pandemic, the pandemic really did bring the industry together. And I can see that that collaboration that the industry got through the pandemic has continued into this, you know, they don't, no one sees sustainability really as a point of competitive advantage. You know, it's like if you've got, you know, if you work something out, you'll tell all the others. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think it's important to say that, that and that's a, and that's a very articulate way of, of, of phrasing it is that, you know, that there is no competitive advantage, you know, yes, certain businesses will have competing events and, and it, certainly in the trade show sector and the conference sector, no doubt that there are competing events industry to industry, but um, I think it's important that, that you flag up, you know, that, that, that it, it's a bit of a cliche, but everyone's in this together. You know, there there is, or there does seem to be a genuine collective drive within the events industry to, to want to improve this. And, and that's, you know, obvious just from the sheer amount of conversations that I've had, you know, I, I host this podcast, but uh, you know, th there's a team of people at event industry news who, who, who source and get suggestions for podcast guests and topics. And it's indicative of, of the industry as a whole that, you know, probably 50 or 60% of, of, of the emails that I've had in the last few months have been podcast guest suggestions that have all been related to, to sustainability in one way or another. Um, and, you know, if, if that's just on one podcast, if we then amplify that up to, across the industry, it's obvious that there are a lot of conversations taking place. Um, and, and I'm sure, given the nature of what you do as an organiser, that, you know, a lot of your year, uh, other than uh, planning the event, is probably spent looking at what what conversations are taking place and being involved in those conversations. Yeah, 100%. And, the, and there's some great, you know, I mean, I mentioned AO and ESSA, but, you know, the Joint Industry Meetings Councils obviously, you know, push the net net zero carbon events pledge which you know has got hundreds of people signed up to it you know if you look at some of the other big events out there you know imex and convex and all these other shows that work mm. just in the event space they're kind of pushing it um, i mean we're not just a sustainable event event you know what but that is definitely a track in in our entire program you know and we've mm. got one stage it's all around kind of cities talking about how they're rebuilding another stage net zero business which is all kind of the you know the the Microsofts and Sages and Axes talking about kind of what they're doing for the climate transition. Uh, and then we have a big finance and investment stage. But on, you know, we've got a whole London hub just dedicated to events content, you know, and it's got, I mean, it's, we've got um, kind of event industry news there. We've got a whole load of speakers from across the event space. Lou and the Ops Nest have got an event for kind of like senior leaders in the events industry looking at sustainability. So I think there's, there's a lot of conversations mm. and I think it's, you know, it's, Again, from how it was two years ago, it's now everyone, you know, everyone is talking about it. Mm. And back to the finance bit, I think that, you know, if you are, whatever business you are, if you're kind of, you know, whether you care about it because you're passionate about the environment um, or whether you care about it because you're purely, you know, just a money driven person, you now have to, it's now you've got to be doing sustainability. If yeah. you are a small owner operator and you're looking to sell, you know, like we probably will be at some point then you need to make sure that, you know, the business you're building 
um, is, you know, will, is a sellable asset in the future. And that's yeah. the same for whether it's, a, you know, even the big, the big companies that are private, you know, private equity owns, those businesses need to have a good sustainability strategy because if they're in a five or eight year, you know, fund, wherever it is, at some point that fund is going to come up for, uh, you know, uh, refinancing or they're going to look to go and join a new fund. And those guys need to have, you know, the people who are going to buy them are going to want to know that they are, you know, they're, they're, they're running the most sustainable events that they can. Well, and that, that's probably and that's not just true for events, but that's probably true for many of the visitors to your show, because as, as it says, it, it's for business leaders. So regardless of what business sector you are looking to start or grow a business in, if your ultimate aim is to, is to grow a business to then sell on, you know, make some money on it, then yeah. that, that, well, what not, you just said even... is relevant to every sector, isn't it? Hundred percent. If you're if you're making frozen ready meals, and you know you've got all your refrigeration units, you've got all your lorries, all those trucks are probably all diesel trucks. You know how and and if you think of how you even make food and cook it and then stick it in a in a in a fridge. I mean, if we think we've got challenges in the events industry, there's a load of sectors that are really really very very complex supply chains, and that's why the event's quite interesting because it's it is around kind of cross industry and cross sector collaboration. So you'll hear someone from food or you know fashion or whatever it is yeah. talking about the challenges they've got, and it'll put it'll put you know the events industry piece into a bit of context. And it's also good, you know, if you if you are if you're selling, you know, the people who are your sponsors for a lot of these events, they're all talking about the show about why sustainability is important. So mm. you know, if you're selling to it, every finance company in the world has got a net zero commitment. They've got a 2025 or 2030 commitment, often for their employees you know if they've got five thousand or ten thousand staff they want to be net zero for their own internal operations yeah and then you know anything they own by 2050 at the latest most of like 2040 or if they haven't so i think it gives you a really good you know insight into what the whole business community is looking to do and then you're right how you finance it because you're, you're not going to want to take you know the profit that your business makes and have to go back to that food example and buy new fridges and lorries and trucks and mm. You know, you, you, you don't have some of these investment, um, you know, the capital expenditure on them is like millions or hundreds of millions. Yeah. And that's just not something anyone can take out of their operating profit. So you want to, you, you know, people come to the event to work out how they finance that. You know, what, what does that debt look like? Is it a loan? Is it, you know, more shares or whatever? And there's mm. a lot of people kind of talking about their journey and what they've done, mm. you know, what the plan is and how they started measuring and then they realized what, you know, that they're going to need some money to get it. And then, yeah, there's a whole load of different kind of opportunities to talk to people about, you know, investing for the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, something I wanted to ask and it it was um, driven by something I read a a few months ago, probably at the start of this year um, about cloud storage and how reliant we are uh, as as a world now as consumers and businesses on, on cloud storage and, and how, unaware the majority of us are of just how much energy that that uses i was curious to sort of throw that into the mix of the conversation today and and see whether or not there's a sort of any does that crop up at all at the event in terms of it usage yeah yeah completely i mean the thing as well is that people often think that kind of digital has no carbon footprint Mm. you know and they're like well event events physical events obviously have a carbon footprint because people have got to get there but you know digital events and the podcast we're on today has got a digital footprint so I think the um, the second biggest like energy user, as far as kind of cities go in 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 uh, the Netherlands. So after Amsterdam, the next biggest energy user is the Facebook server factory. 
So that is, you know, that's bigger than all the other cities in the Netherlands. Their second biggest energy consumer is, is Facebook's, you know, so that's just like, and that's, that's basically how, how everything operates. Yeah. So, but the, you know, but I think, you know, the, the kind of where, I mean, it's, it's, it's daunting at times. It really is, you know, what all, you know, where, and every, everything you seem to do has, has a sort of negative carbon footprint on it. But if you just think about fintech, you know, and this, this sector that I work in now, some people call it climate tech, you know, some call it sustainability or net zero or ESG. But, you know, if, if you look at the fintech sector, the way fintech works was that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, people were going into banks with, uh, going into banks for like, um, you know, paying in books and checkbooks. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. in 10 or 15 years, the techn- technological revolution that's happened in in the fintech space is is just phenomenal. Yeah. And now, you know, my my app speaks to your app, and I can send you money, and I might be HSBC or NatWest, and you know, you could be anybody, and I can send money around the world to to anyone I kind of want. And you know, the, the technological advancement we've had in the fintech space is, is huge. And if you look at the capital deployed in there, the UK fintech market's like 11 billion and the US is like 40 billion. So they're big numbers. Yeah. But the climate space is, is trillions. There's trillions and trillions of dollars being pushed into this space. So, yeah, the opportunity is, you know, we're, we're, we're going to get this stuff fixed. And, you know, so data center might be using a lot of energy, but they'll work out a way that, you know, they stick it in the sea off the coast of Iceland, which they're doing, which means you then don't need to have the kind of, the cooling fans cooling it down as much because it's underwater. Yeah. So I think there's a load of, you know, there's, there's a load of solutions that we're going to work out over the next, you know, five or 10 years, but there's going to be this kind of rapid change. You know, I mean, again, you know, you can see it in electric vehicles now, three years ago or four years ago, almost no one had electric vehicles and anyone who is a, any of your friends who were petrol heads were saying, I'm never going to switch. I'm going to be petrol mm. forever. And now there's just been this almost like a tipping point where, Everyone looks at the residual, you know, what can they sell their car for in three years? And it's like, well, if you live in London and you've got a petrol car with the ULES thing, it's worthless. Yeah, so uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it's, and it's, it's almost like the Kevin Bacon thing, you know, the, 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 the stages of, of removal um, is that, you know, five years ago, I didn't know anybody with an electric car. And you could walk into any sort of scenario now where there's a group of people and I bet everybody in a room knows probably at least half a dozen people who've got an electric yeah, yeah. vehicle. And you're right, we, yeah. we've gone past that tipping point where, you know, it, it's... And of course, that's 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 one of the next big challenges, isn't it? We're, we're selling we're selling more electric vehicles now than we have the infrastructure to actually be able to to, to, yeah. to, to, to handle them and charge them, you know? So so that's potentially, you know, going gonna, to gonna cause a... Uh, another tipping point or conflict in I think it's in a couple of years time where we reach this point where we could be at sort of critical mass if the infrastructure doesn't develop quickly um and and again yeah, I think, I, I, that, that may be something of a topic of conversation at, at the event and it is yeah and I think the, the thing that's also quite interesting is you get you know each of the parties the kind of the UK um, election parties have kind of you know got very different strategies about how to how to deal with this you look at Biden in the US with his uh, IRA act and you know I mean they are they're just pushing you know renewables and electrification as fast as possible massive tax incentives and it sounds like the new labor policy that's going to be rolled out at the end of this month at the end of June is has got some kind of similar sort of big uh, brave moves in it so you don't you know it's different, they're talking about different planning rules and regulations so that you don't have to go through that kind of you know the long planning process to, to get windmills put up and so the panels put up so you know, I think I think they'll definitely be talking about it. You know, all this our event. You know, it's very much around 
kind of those new emerging technologies, how you get the capital to do it. And that kind of, you know, the, the sort of four main business types are our governments and local authorities, their businesses, they're the finance community. And they're the kind of, the, you know, the sustainability professionals who help the first three groups kind of pull, the, pull it all together. Mm. And I think, you know, the opportunity for the UK's got an opportunity to, you know, kind of lead on the on the kind of um, green stage. But, yeah. you know, if you look at um, what they're doing in kind of mainland Europe as well, I mean, phenomenal efforts to kind of fast track like the EU's competitiveness in this space. So, you know, I think I think oil and gas has got a very short life left, I think. And I think, yeah. the, you know, the transition to kind of renewables is just speeding up. Yeah. you know faster and faster yeah absolutely um something i'm going to sort of turn the topic of conversation to is is i suppose y- your opinion and your thoughts as far as other event organizers are concerned because in a in a recent recording that i did and i can't i'm trying to think of the person's name off the top of my head and because we've had that many conversations on the podcast recently about sustainability i, I'm, I can't remember which episode so people tuning in you may you either know the one i'm talking about or you're going to need to go back and listen to them all but um it was this idea that there was a certain fear that was sort of simmering underneath the surface of the events industry amongst event organizers where they were feeling the pressure of having to deliver a more sustainable event or sustainable events and feeling like they had to make dramatic changes overnight or that that all of a sudden next year we're going to have to be net zero and carbon neutral and massively reduce our our carbon footprint and the, the the guest that was on the podcast said look it, it, what's really important what's more important is that we're stepping in the right direction you know it won't happen overnight and even for yourselves who are delivering an event that's entirely focused on sustainability and net zero it's going to be impossible i would imagine for you to do that initially with the events infrastructure as it is at the moment with the wider industry so what's more important this guest was saying is that is that we take positive steps to start making those changes so that over the you know, short, medium and long term, you know, we're setting achievable targets rather than putting ourselves under this unachievable pressure of changing for our next event. Yeah. And and I'd say, you know, it, it, it's all about just transition. And they're kind of like the key words, just transition. You know, you can't expect all global economies just to switch overnight into, into you know, being 100% sustainable. I mean, what you can do, though, is you can take small steps. You know, the first step that's really quite easy to see to start measuring what it is that you do. Because once you start measuring and, you know, recording what it is that you're doing, and again, that doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to spend days and days and days doing it. There's a load of great tools out there. Some of them are free. There's a load of consultants out in the space who can kind of start giving you advice. You know, we, we run workshops if people are interested in attending any of those. You can come to our show. There's, you know, every day there's a free carbon measurement workshop on aimed at event organizers so you know that's kind of quite easy but i think those you know once you start making those kind of changes like measuring it you actually realize there's some things you can do which dramatically change your event and then the final bit you can do also is if you just offset if you start measuring you can start offsetting the carbon emissions or you know you can start looking at some of the big you know the big uh, kind of um, bits of your supply chain that need need work on them you know I mean, mm. two easy things for your, your listeners and viewers. If you just, you know, it's going to seem crazy, but if you go and look at your pension fund, your pension fund for your business actually is like, they had a look at the FTSE 100 companies and they yeah. found out the pension funds of the FTSE 100 companies were seven ti- 17 times as polluting as the businesses themselves because all the pension funds were all invested in oil and gas. 
on oil exploration. So, like, you know, does everyone know where their pension is? So you switch your pension to one that doesn't invest in oil. No no one knows where their pension is, do they? Because who's going to pay attention to that? Some other person looking after it. So there's that one. The other one that's really quite easy for... So you can that's an email to your HR department. You can send that now if you wanted. You know, who's our pension fund investing in? And the other one that's quite easy to prevent organisers, you know, just to do sort of straight away is just look at where your energy is coming from. You know, if you are an organiser, we actually have quite a lot of collective buying power. If you say to a venue, I'm only using you for my next event, conference, show, if you're, you know, you can 100% prove it's renewable energy, the venues will all start switching. You know, there's 10,000 plus event venues in the UK and, and you know, go around every country around the world. That's a lot of venues. Suddenly, if all the event organisers start saying to all the venues, we're not doing it unless you're renewable and all the venues start emailing their electricity supplier, suddenly you, you get a, like a massive change and it'll be like the electric cars. You know, suddenly, if you're one of the venues that doesn't have on your website, we're 100% renewable energy, then people are just going to go, oh, I'm not going to do that one. And the thing about RFPs and so on is that, you know, often when an event organiser is looking at a venue's website, if it doesn't have their sustainability policy as, you know, a link on their website and say they're 100% renewable, the 24-year-old who's actually doing that RFP for their boss probably isn't even picking your venue up. So, you know, the sooner some of these venues kind of switch and go on there, I think the better. Mm. And then, the, you know, so number one, pension, number two, energy. And then the third thing is just come to Reset Connect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll teach you what to do. What to do. There you go. That's a shameless plug. No, no, it's, it's not a shameless plug at all. You know, that we've we've got you on the podcast today to talk about this and and and. and you know, it would be a missed opportunity if we didn't didn't take the opportunity to 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 push the event. You know, we're, we're recording this for context, everybody. On Monday, the twelfth of June, the event itself takes place on the twenty seventh and the twenty eighth of June. And I already know that we're going to turn around this this recording really really quickly, and it will either be out at the end of this week or very very early next week, so that people have got the opportunity to listen to this episode, Duncan, and 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 if they haven't already done so, to register for the event and, and get along there. You know, you've still got. To Two weeks from from this recording date, and I dare say at least a week from from the point of listening to this to be able to get along. It's over two days. Um, XL London now. The transport links are great, aren't they, Duncan? You know we've got the, oh, the Elizabeth line. There is 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 a transformation. The Elizabeth line is just absolutely amazing. I mean, I I remember I remember when the venue opened in two thousand and one. And I did, I did a video game event there in 2001. And back then, it's like, we've got this crossrail coming, and it never came. And then it's now there, and it's just it's a game changer. And yeah. I think it makes, you know, to, getting to Excel is now so easy. We're at the West Entrance, which is where the Elizabeth line kind of drops, you know, into the venue. And we've got, you know, 300 plus, 350 speakers, 5,000 attendees we're expecting, and, and, you know, a good 200 plus exhibitors. Yeah. So there's you know there's a there's a lot there. Obviously you know if if it is event organisers listening to it anyway, it's you know it's probably time to go to Excel anyway, isn't it? And you know I'm sure that there's some business if you work with them that yeah. that you want to do. Um, yeah. you know there's a host of other events up there that that are probably worth having a look at as well. So you can you know kill two birds with one stone. Well, 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 that's that's the beauty about the venue as well, isn't it? If we're talking about you know carbon footprint and 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 sustainability and people who are attending events, is that you know on any given day, if you go to it or any given week, if you go into Excel for one particular trade show, there is quite a good probability that there's another event taking place there that you could probably attend yeah. that you I didn't mean, even know about when you walk in. Then you go, oh, we'll nip into there and have a couple of hours. Yeah. And, and well, the, the, one, the one that's on also for this sector is the meeting show. Yeah. You know, the meeting show is on at the same time as us. So, 
you know, if you are thinking about going to Excel, then, and again, you know, we've got, they've got sustainability content, we've got sustainability content, but I think we've also got, you know, 300 business leaders from across, you know, any vertical sector that we as an industry are selling event content and concepts to, you know, all of our sponsors and the big brands who exhibit at our events and, and attend our events to delegates are there. And, you know, if you're, if you're trying to get someone from any finance company, their chief sustainability to come to your event, their chief sustainability officer will be, you know, looking at what it is that they're, they're you know, how sustainable your event is. And yeah. we, we can, you know, collectively, we can kind of share some of that information. Mm. And, and, you know, again, it, it would be foolish of me not to shamelessly plug um, Event Sustainability Live, given that it, it falls under the Event Industry News banner. Um, most people will have probably seen already that it, it was announced earlier this year that um, a new event called Event Sustainability Live, specifically for the events industry, specifically for event organisers and people who work in the events sector, um, discussing all things sustainability, but just within within our own sector, which is is you know a different sort of tangent, if you will, to the sort of the, the more sort of wider encompassing um, approach to sustainability that Reset Connect takes for for many many different business sectors, Duncan. But um, Event Sustainability Live will run alongside Event Tech Live at XL London on the fifteenth and the sixteenth of November, so much later on this year. Um, and and again, it goes back to this this idea that collectively, if if more conversations are taking place, if there are more opportunities for people to go and learn and educate themselves and improve their own understanding of this particular subject matter, um, it's only going to have a positive effect in the short, medium, and, and yes. long term. So, a little plug for that. Let, let's make sure, Duncan. Before no, we definitely. Today, and I was, oh, go on. I was just going to say, and the we, we've actually got from you know the, the kind of if those two shows that you've got with the kind of event tech piece and the event sustainability piece. We've actually got sessions from, uh, from the event industry news team at, at Reset Connect in a few weeks. So, you know, if you're interested in the event tech piece and how you can use tech to drive more sustainable events, all the event sustainability piece about some of the kind of the different providers that are on the market to, you know, from signage to venues to whatever it is, then, mm. you know, you can get a bit of a taster with us. And then, yeah, go along to see James and the rest of the team um, kind of later this year uh, up at XL, where hopefully I'll be speaking again. I Absolutely, last year at the event tech show. So I love that great show. Yeah, but papers are now open for Event Tech Live and Event Sustainability Live. So the call for papers are open for both of those. So um, again, again, anybody listening to this podcast today who might want to get involved in either of those shows and in the conference program, please, please do get in touch via the websites for those events because the um, the call for papers is now open. Before we go, Duncan, I need. I was going to say. Come I need- I was going to say I need to get my submission in then, but I'm busy for the next two weeks. Hopefully, yeah, uh, yeah, you, you could be excused for the next two weeks. You won't miss the deadline, <laughs> and if you do, we'll, we'll, we, you've got dispensation given what you're going to be up to in the next in the next two or three weeks. So don't panic about that. We'll we'll make sure you know we'll make sure that your your your, your submission comes in. Great stuff, James. Um, reset-connect.com is uh, the uh, the venue website. I think I'm right in saying, Duncan. Um, and That's presumably, right, yeah. if you go to any of the uh, social media platforms, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, there are pages for Reset Connect on all of those social media platforms. Um, and I'm sure Duncan and his team would be delighted if anybody listens to this podcast today goes to any one of those those platforms gets a link for registration and uh, if you've got the ability and a bit of space in your diary to get along to that event 27th and the 28th of june xl london um not long before that takes place but still time to get along duncan reed from reset connect thanks very much for joining the podcast today 
Thanks, James. Thanks for having me on here. Don't forget to reset connect in a couple of weeks. And it's free. It's only a bit James didn't say. It's Absolutely. Free, no free to attend. So, so click that button. It's really obvious on the website. It says register free. It couldn't be more obvious. Um, select the right button, everybody. Um, a c- couple of bits of housekeeping before we wrap up today's uh, podcast. Um, if you are watching this on the Event Industry News website, thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget to have a little click around and check out the latest news features, special supplements, uh, all available in other areas of the website and of course the a to z supplier directory if you're looking for a service or a supplier for your event the chances are you'll find it within the comprehensive a to z supplier directory available within the website if you are uh, listening to today's podcast on uh, your podcast audio platform thanks for tuning in and don't forget to go in the direction of the website when you get a moment check out eventindustrynews.com for everything i've just said which brings us neatly and nicely to the end of today's episode my thanks once again to duncan reed from reset connect good luck with the event duncan um hope to maybe uh, get a bit of roundup from you later on this year about how it went and no doubt we'll um, continue to see you on these sort of conversations Thanks for joining us, everybody, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode.